This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Brittany. And I'm Heather. Welcome to OKS Moms the Podcast. A place to be more than just mom. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of OKS Moms, the podcast. Brittany here. And Heather. We are back with an episode all about food <laughs> and feeding these damn kids. Why? It, they never stop. They eat nothing, yet they never stop eating. It's so true. I feel like... <laughs> Today we have Amy Fernandez. She is a plant-based chef out of San Francisco, and we just love her. She's a complete delight. She, every once in a while, you find a mom who has older kids who has the same philosophy on parenting as you, and they just like become these lighthouses of like, it's going to be okay. You will get there. These kids aren't going to poop their pants forever. <laughs> they will eventually eat a vegetable or two. So it, that's what this episode is really all about. Amy helps us talk about how to introduce new foods to our kids, get them eating more in a really approachable way. It's not something, and she even talks about this, how it's, you know, if you have the energy for it, she's very aware that we're in the middle of a pandemic and that this might not be something you're ready to tackle, but maybe one day it will be. And I think her tips are really accessible for wherever you are. Yeah, I love that she gives some specifics too, like what to feed kids. Cause I think that's where I get stuck or don't have the brain power for at the end of the day. I'm like, oh my God, I know I should put something new on their plate, but what the hell is it? <laughs> you know? So she gives real life um, actionable tips. And yeah, this is just, this is a really fun episode, I think. So enjoy. Want to be a Pinterest mom, but don't have the time or the energy? Yeah, us either. We've got a shop full of Valentine printables that will get you in good with all the cool moms at school, and you can pair them with fun treats for the kids. Things like Lizzo lyrics to go with the juice box, or how about those foam airplanes you could only get in the dentist prize box? We got you covered. Digital downloads cost only $5, and you can print as many as you need. No more box sets of 24, but a class size of 26. The most annoying thing. It is. Each download comes with a recommendation sheet so you know exactly where to get the non-candy treat because we know these kids don't need any more candy. Nope. Order from the car line while you watch swim lessons or whatever you're stuck doing and save a trip to the store. We also have OKS Mom's wine glasses and shirts in the shop, so make sure you check those out too. Check it all out at okstparty.etsy.com. Okay, we're back. Today we have Amy with us. Hi, Amy. Hello. Amy, why don't you start to, um, by telling our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? 
I am basically, I have a quirky San Francisco job. I run a food education program for kids at a private school. Um, basically, it's making food for kids, but also educating them and parents on not just what we eat, but it's more important about how we eat and how we feed our kids. We also do some gardening. I'm also a health coach and um, with adults focus on plant-based eating and I'm plant-based myself. And I live in San Francisco, single parent, three kids who are all almost officially adults, which is thrilling and uh, nerve-wracking. I did it. It's It's, you know, it never gets like, just so you know, it never gets easier. It just changes. And each Thing has its own different challenges. So when they get to be a little bit more independent, it's wonderful, but it's a whole different set of challenges. Oh, I bet. Cause then, Which you, is fine. You, then you have less control. I feel like <laughs> less control and then bigger things. Like when they're little, it's just about like not hitting at the playground or like not pooping your pants. And then when it's like, they're older, it's like, which school, how are we going to pay for it? You know, like drugs, alcohol, sex, like everything (laughs) just like oh god let me just go back to like not shitting your pants (laughs) (laughs) okay so what is your philosophy on nutrition and how does that translate into your thoughts on feeding kids my basic philosophy is trying to have everything that is as not as close to its natural source as possible. So limiting, you know, as much processed foods, which is hard, very hard, but you know, if you can do a couple extra a day than you were doing yesterday, great. Um, And just really basic. Uh, You can just do really easy, natural whole foods that doesn't hurt your brain. And, you know, my philosophy on eating is the same as like with parenting, which is we don't want to be perfect, but we want to try and be consistent. You know, like nobody's perfect, but kids really need consistency. They need consistency with boundaries. They need consistency with scheduling. They need consistency with expectations. And that is with everything, you know, especially when it comes to food. So having consistency with a schedule and your expectations around food with them, which then comes down to the hard part, which is how parents handle it (laughs) and (laughs) what we do as parents. Um, And as far as nutrition, I am plant-based. I didn't raise my kids that way. I let them make the choice. You know, it's how I eat, but I want them to make the choice. If they chose to eat meat, which two of them do out of the three, then that's great for them. You know, it's not my choice. It's not my body. And, you know, like they've known I've never really made it in the house, but, you know, they can have it outside the house. Um, Yeah. And just, the hard part, everything in moderation, you know, like sugar in moderation. Um, when my kids were little, I just never let sugar in the house, um, mainly for my sanity, which was as soon as cookies came into the house, that's all they asked for. 
when can we have a cookie? When can we have a cookie? And it was a battle. And I was like, you know what? This is not fun for anybody because like now it's like the cookie has power. Why should a cookie have power? It's just a cookie. It's a piece of food. It's stupid. It's like delicious. It's like, why am I battling this? So, you know, when they were little, sugar was for outside of the house. And then I didn't have to monitor it. Went to a birthday party, have two freaking cupcakes. I don't care. Like, it's not going to be in the house. You know, go to the coffee shop, have two cookies. I don't care. You know, it took a battle off. So that's my long-winded philosophy on nutrition. Basically saying I don't really have one as long (laughs) as you're, you know, because I feel like it's really hard to have my own personal one. Like, I can talk about what I eat, but that's not going to resonate with everybody else. And that might not be appropriate for kids. Um, So just basically eating more plants, having less processed foods. Can we talk about the sugar real quick? You said you just don't even let yeah. it in the house. I have a bag of Halloween candy still. It is the middle of January and I know I should just throw it away, but I, I have this thing where like, I can't throw away food. <laughs> so like, how do you, how do you limit them? Cause Valentine's day is right around the corner. They're going to come home with a bag of candy and crap from that. So how do you, how do you stop it from even getting in the house? Obviously you can not buy it, but Also, I like sugar too. So I know. Oh gosh, (laughs) my poor children, because I have the biggest sweet tooth. You know, like a donut, like a donut shop, like a block away from work. And it'll be like 2 p.m. and somebody will text, like a group text, like, it's a bad day. I'm like, a Bob's buttermilk bar for me. (laughs) It's so awful. Um, So when my, when they were little or younger and they did like Halloween, for instance, um, and it, again, it hurt my head because I was like single parent. It was just me hurt my head to be like, you can have one piece of candy after dinner. So I just be like for one weekend, be like, eat all you want, make yourself sick. I don't care. Like it's one weekend out of how many weekends of our lives, you know, and like the same thing with like, you know, Valentine's candy. You know, if you're just like, okay, you can eat whatever you, this one weekend and then it goes away. You know, whatever feels like it works for your family, just kind of let it go for those special things, you know, Halloween, Easter, Valentine's Day, when this candy or whatever comes into your house that you can't really, you know, like control it because you also don't want to be the asshole parent that like your kid brings home Halloween candy or they bring home Valentine's candy from school and you're like, I'm so sorry. And throw it away and then they're traumatized and in therapy later on for that <laughs> you know um to maybe just be like okay this is a special thing like how can you frame it think about how you can frame it as this is a special thing and so you can control what you want it's going to be here that's for you it's like give them some control over that but then on the day-to-day don't buy the cookies don't have the ice cream in the house, you know? Um, so it's also kind of a balance. Um, and so when things like that, you know, like they go to a birthday party, they have a bag of pinata candy, go for it. You want to eat that all in the car and then barf when you get home? Yeah, it's on you. <laughs> That's where <laughs> I get stuck because you. I don't want to make it like a thing that I'm like restricting all the sugar because I mean, God knows I need some sugar restriction myself, but so it's a, it is a hard balance between 
wanting to have them have that experience of like, if you eat too much, you will be sick. That's why we limit it. But also being really restrictive that they're now like sneaking and hiding candy in their bedroom or something like that. So, yeah. So you don't want to be super restrictive um, where it's like, this is a no and sugar and desserts and treats. They're just food. You know, they're just food. They're food like dinner is food. They're food. They're, they have a place in our lives. They have a reason to be there. We like them. They're delicious. And we don't want to say that they're bad. Um, and you can just say like, we're just not going to have this, you know, like we just, like I would say, you know, we just, we don't have to buy cookies in the house just because that's, you know, we have this other stuff, but when we go out, we can have it, like go for it. It's not bad it's just something that we're not gonna have but then when Halloween candy came in go for it that's something special um the same thing you know to get on another topic of like bribing kids you know if your family is choosing to do dessert after dinner don't make it a if you finish dinner you can have dessert it's just another part of our meal and if tonight is just dessert night then they can have the dessert, whatever. It's just food. You know, you don't want to turn it into, we only have it when it's cele- like when it's a celebration. We only have it if you've done something good. You can only have a cookie if you got straight A's, if you didn't hit your friend today. It's just food. So, you know, I've known some people who've done like, you know, Monday and Fridays are dessert nights. Mm, I like that you know or like whatever nights it is yeah we're definitely trying to move away from the dessert after dinner thing um I found that so Friday nights are my kids is late night they get to stay up as late as they want and choose when to go to sleep and I do snack dinners for them and I've been putting their dessert just with the food and I found that they don't even go for it first they still just you know it's just a part of the meal. Um, so I'm trying to move away from that on our normal weeknights too, because we we're definitely guilty of doing the eat all your dinner and you get dessert thing. So it's hard. It's kind of how we grew up too. Right. Right. And it's really hard to take that away. Um, and kind of circled into that. One of my favorite people, and she has a website and a ton of books, is this woman, Ellen Satter, E-L-L-Y-N-S-A-T-T-E-R. <clears throat> and she has a website, the Ellen Satter Institute. And um, basically her, her books are amazing. Um, she has a lot of information on her website. And um, so you don't even have to get the books, but one of her main claims to fame is this thing called Division of Responsibility, which if you have not heard of it, it's really really amazing so basically it's the parents have some jobs and the kids have some jobs so the parents job is for feeding when what and where so it's all about scheduling kids like a schedule as much as we don't think that they do they feel really really comforted in a schedule they don't have a lot of choice in their lives so having a schedule is really helpful. And then around food, when you have a schedule, you can have really consistent language around 
how you talk about food. So the when, what, and where. The when is the schedule. So if you can have a even a rough schedule of, you know, say it's a kid that stays home or it's a weekend. Breakfast is around this time. Then there's a snack. And then there's a lunch. Then there's a snack. And then there's dinner. And it's known. That's what it is. So if they're, you know, so then to continue the division of responsibility, that's the, the when you as the parent choose the what, and you're not going to just give them foods that they don't think they're going to like, but we're also not just going to give kids foods that they only like, because then you get the kids who only eat a quesadilla or chicken nuggets or I don't Whatever. know any of those children. Oh, yeah, what no. are you talking about? <laughs> and so then like, you know, you keep that. And so it's like you choose the what. And so <clears throat> when it's the what, you are always going to put something in there that maybe that they will like. And then you can put something in there that is a 50-50 food. You know, they'll eat it. <clears throat> they might not always eat it. And then maybe like a challenge food whether that's broccoli or a vegetable that is unknown and you know that's what's on their plate and then the where so ideally in a good real world it would be sitting at a table with no screens and like no distractions and for dinner a family dinner um reality you know if you can try to do at least family dinner a few times a week that's great so that's the parent's responsibility. The only responsibility that the kids have is if they eat and how much. That's it. You don't control how much they eat. You don't control what they eat. If they choose not to eat, you just say, fine, you're not going to eat. There's no kid that's going to starve themselves. And even if you feel like they will, because there are those really stubborn kids that you're like, you're going to starve yourself. They're not. <laughs> and it's kind of like you have to play that game, that parenting, like, I am not going to blink first game. Like, all right, who's strong enough? Because kids are a thousand times stronger than parents are <laughs> with their willpower, right? They're just yeah, like, they so can true. In and then we're spiraling. So, you know, and I say that saying, as long as your kid's not failing to thrive or has like a medical issue or, you know, anything that, you know, is under a doctor's supervision, the kid is not going to starve themselves. So this goes back to, now we can go back to the schedule and language around it. So if you have a breakfast and it's a breakfast, they always eat, doesn't have to be crazy. And they're just like, yeah, no, thank you. Or like they're sitting down and they're not eating a lot instead of bribing them, just say, okay. Your next opportunity is snack. And they know that, you know, once you get the schedule going, they know snack is in two hours and that's their next opportunity. There's not in between snacks. There's not, I'm going to, I'm a little bit hungry because I'm bored, you know, or I'm a little bit hungry because I'm feeling dysregulated or I'm a little bit hungry because my brother hit me or, you know, there's so many other emotional reasons that maybe our kids or even us as adults want food as comfort and rarely is it true hunger and so we're going to try and get our kids to have like to recognize true hunger and be a little bit more on a schedule like we did when they were babies and feeding 
funny how we just throw that all out, you know? But even then I fed on demand because that's what everybody told me to do. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I mean, I did a little bit. So then, you know, if, you know, they're, then if like after they don't eat breakfast, say in 20 minutes, they're just like, I'm hungry. You're like, great. I'm so glad you're listening to your body. It sounds like you're hungry. You had an opportunity to eat at breakfast. You know, how, you don't have to say it in like a condescending or like a mean way. You have to be like, well, you I told you like, I told you to eat your freaking breakfast. What do you think? I have like, never I'm spoken to my children that way ever. <laughs> never. None of us have. You know, you just like, and you have like the same, you can have the same language. So it's like, great. Like, you know, I'm, I hear you're hungry. I'm glad you're listening to your body. You had an opportunity to eat breakfast snack is like at 11 o'clock and you can eat have a snack then end of conversation and the conversation will keep bugging you but then it's just like remember like you had your chance to eat so glad you're hungry like just keep repeating so glad you're hungry so glad you're listening to your body you'll have another opportunity to eat and then there'll be a snack and when you're trying to try to transition into the scheduling thing Snack is not a meal. Snack is a snack. (laughs) Snack is not like they didn't eat breakfast. So now we're having a second breakfast because my kid didn't eat breakfast. It's a snack. You know, it's a, it's a, the word, it's a snack. (laughs) And so it'll tide them over. And so they'll eat their snack. And then a little bit later, they're just like, I'm really hungry. Awesome. I'm so glad you're listening to your body lunch is in, you know, like we can do this, like, you know, where I work because it is very scheduled. So it's, you know, if I'm talking to a child at work, so great. So glad you're listening to your body. It sounds like you're hungry. Lunch is after, is after story time. Lunch is when you go upstairs and after you wash your hands, you know, and they get that rhythm of the schedule. And then you can just be like, so glad you're hungry. I'm a little bit hungry too. And I get to eat lunch after I do X, Y, Z. And so they know that it's coming. There's no stress that they're never going to eat again. And then again, that's lunch. This is lunch. It's whatever you've chosen with something that you know that they like, something that's a little, you know, you know, like 50-50 food and then something that maybe they don't. And then the trick too is everything lives on your plate. You don't have to eat it. It's a great, great thing about being a person. You can make your choices about what you eat. This is what's for lunch. This is what we have. It's going to live on your plate. And for some kids, just having freaking broccoli on their plate and not having a meltdown is monumental. Just you know, having that, that scheduled meal will really help. And... Then again, we're going to do it at, you know, lunch. They eat a lot of lunch. They don't eat a lot of lunch. That's great. We're not going to force you to eat. The next opportunity to eat is at three for snack. Again, it's a snack. And then they'll eat. And then, you know, it's going to be 545. And they're like, I'm starving. And our what we're going to want to do is like throw them a cheese stick, throw them a cup of goldfish, like any of those things but we're not. It's going to be really hard, but we're not. And you're just going to be like, again, so glad you're listening to your body. It sounds like you're really hungry. What This is what's for dinner. 
you know, like whatever it is, what is the one thing you're so excited about eating? Like, what are you, and then it's like, what are you going to try that maybe you haven't had before? And really engaging them in this process of being excited about it. And if they're just like, you know, I don't, I don't like, I don't like mushrooms. Awesome. There's some things I don't like, but there's some things that just are on my plate and it's okay. You know, or some things that I like, and then another day I do like, or sometimes I like, you know, broccoli cooked this way, but I don't like it cooked this way, you know, and just really giving them this expanded view that you can like food and you also don't like food and that's okay. There's a number of things that I don't like, and I'm a grown ass adult who makes my own choices. And I'm like, don't like that. And it's legit. Like there's some kids who do not like melted cheese. Totally fine. You don't like melted cheese? We're not going to give you melted cheese. Like we're not going to also force you. Like my parents forced me. You have to, I've never liked milk. <clears throat> I had to drink my milk. I would shove food in my mouth and then chug the milk while holding my nose and then shovel more food in my mouth so I didn't taste the milk. Otherwise, I would be sitting at the table until that stupid, now hot-ass milk was drank. <laughs> and like, I am not doing that to kids. Like, you don't want to drink your milk? All right. You know, like we can put it in the fridge. You can have it another time. So I shouldn't be teaching my kids that trick. <laughs> I'm like, if you would just chew it and just drink some water, you'll be fine. You'll be <laughs> fine. And it's so hard because I have to say there's a lot of things that trigger us as a parent, but I feel like food is one of the bigger triggers that nobody talks about. It kind of gets pushed away. Nobody talks about the parent's reaction to food, how we grew up with food, our own thoughts on food, and then all like the perfect social media people who are like making these beautiful freaking bento boxes and not giving their kids McDonald's and all of a sudden you're a shit parent. And so then you're just like, I don't know what to do. And we know what to do. We know what foods are good. We know what foods are not. We don't need to again, like a kid's cookbook is great. Like I've done a couple like for work and I am always working on one to possibly publish, but like it's, it's not what we feed our kids. It's how we feed our kids. And a lot of that is how we react to food ourselves and how we give like pass that on to kids and to our children and how we react when they're having a meltdown or what we perceive as them starving or them needing food or even them needing a treat because they've had a bad day. And that is the hardest thing because that means that we have to do a little bit of work on ourselves or really dive deep about like when my kid is crying and they say they want food, why we are having a really hard time saying, yeah, no, I'm not giving you that, right? It's just, it digs really deep. <clears throat> and so kids have, kids are not the problem with the food. It's the adults with the problem with the food. Why does it always come back to me? <laughs> I know. It's always us. 
hot damn can it be the kids uh, problem well I really <laughs> thought of this this really came to mind what you just said when you mentioned the 50 50 food because just the other day my daughter had ordered mac and cheese at a restaurant like for like a brief two-week window we were so excited they were fully vaccinated and we were going to restaurants again and and so she got really used to eating mac and cheese at home you know like the annie's box whatever and then it was more of a homemade style mac and cheese at the restaurant and she's like i don't really like it and so we had to have this conversation about like like we paid way too much for this bowl of tiny mac and cheese and it might not be your favorite, but you still need to eat it. And then I had this internal conflict of like, I'm telling her to eat food, even though she's saying she doesn't like it. But I mean, like she liked it enough. Like it was definitely a 50, 50 thing. It was like, you still need to eat it because this is dinner. And like, I feel like I'm sending her a terrible food message of like, eat it anyway. Even though she's saying like, it's not really my favorite. It's not bringing me joy or like whatever. And I felt like it was, like I'm just just put it in your mouth and eat it and be quiet because we paid money for it and I was like ah I can't what is happening what's the right thing to say it's hard I don't even know like what is the right thing to say um you know you can be like okay great yeah it might not be your favorite this is what we're having for dinner you're not going to have anything else when we get home and you know if you want to not eat it that's fine you know, is there something else on the table? Do you want some of my salad? Do you want some of this? You know, and kind of make that her choice. <clears throat> my um, youngest is in the other room and I don't think she's listening, but she was one, she's 17 now. She was my pickiest. And I have also, I go on tangent, sorry. Um, <clears throat> I've done a lot of deep thought about the word picky, picky eaters. And I think a lot of times, if we can change it to they're just still learning about food, might really change all of our thoughts. I feel like picky eater, you get like such, it's so negative, right? Like, oh, they're a picky eater. And then the kid gets this stigma of being a picky eater. Now they've internalized it. Like, oh, I'm a picky eater. I'm not going to branch out because that's what everybody's told me I am. I'm a picky eater. And so saying like, they're just learning about food. You're still learning about food. We're all still learning about food. There's foods that now I like that I didn't. We're learning about food. You know, we're exploring food. We're figuring it out. Might be a thing. <clears throat> I was at Whole Foods recently, or like a few months ago. And there's like a bar, like a kid's like big bar or something. And the brand is called Picky Eater. And I was just like, way to just really drive this home. Like, come on. Anyway. So my youngest is still learning about food. And she went to a preschool with a food program, not the school I work at, but a different one. And her teacher was very sweet, but would kind of just be like, you know, she's not eating. Paloma is not eating. I'd be like, okay, that's her choice. Just like, so I'm just making her a quesadilla. I'm having the chef make a quesadilla for her every day. I was like, please don't. No. Like if today was chicken with some vegetables, like, and rice, like nobody's, she's not being poisoned. That's her choice not to eat. Like she'll be hungry. She'll have lunch or she'll have a snack when we get home. Like it's fine. You know? And that her teacher was just like, oh my God, what are you talking about? She's going to go all day without eating. I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. She is. She had breakfast. 
She's having a choice to eat. She's making that not her choice to eat. And there's no other choices. You know what? At the end of the year, she was eating all that damn food. And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. Because she knew like, oh, I don't want to be hungry later on. I was like, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the jump from making the special meals to she'll eat when she's hungry because my kids get a peanut butter and jelly every night for dinner and Harrison, Brittany's oldest, gets a buttered bagel every night. So mm-hmm. how so can I just start tonight or is there like some front loading we should be doing or is it just like guess what suckers this is what's happening <laughs> yeah you, you don't want to scare them this is not shock therapy <laughs> we're doing it exactly this is not like 360 like you're just gonna maybe you know depending on how old your kids are. exactly line up for your meal prisoners <laughs> exactly with the chains and like you know the tin can and it's just glop um yeah you're not gonna if you if this has been your way you're not just gonna want to switch that really really fast because that is going to only end negatively right like you're gonna like cry the kid is gonna cry <laughs> definitely cry <laughs> there'll be lots of wine involved lots of chocolate lots of soothing lots of crying um no you're not going to do that maybe if your kids are old enough you can have a conversation around it you know of you know I'm really feeling like our family not just the child our family needs to I'm noticing we're not eating enough vegetables so what are like two vegetables that you really like, you know, and have that conversation. Um, You know, this is how dinner is going to be. We're going to, these are the things we're going to have on our plate. And that's what's for dinner. I mean, maybe you can like, if you're transitioning from a peanut butter sandwich and that's all they have, maybe they start with a half and then everything else. And then it's a quarter and then everything else. You know, like it's again, not shock therapy. Um, depending on your kids and also how much energy you have as an adult and a parent, you can also make a menu kind of with your kids. Like this is really, this is really going into lots of scheduling, but a menu, um, at where I work, I do a visual menu. So I just have like laminated pictures of food (laughs) and I just have like, you know, like clear plastic sheets. And I can put the what's for lunch every day. And my kitchen is outside or not. Outside. It's this like glass wall. So like the playground is right there. And so the door is open and the kids will come up and they're like, what's for lunch? I'm like, I don't know. What's for lunch? And I look, I point to this menu and they'll be like, oh, it's lentil curry. A big hit, lentil curry. Who would have thought? And rice and roasted cauliflower, roasted potatoes, peas, and then apples. Awesome. And they're just like, I don't like that. Awesome. Okay. What pick two things out of there that you know that you actually do right? Like, oh, I like the rice. Awesome. You can eat the rice. Is there one other thing? Oh, I really like potatoes. Awesome. You can eat potatoes. Cool. Is there something there that maybe you haven't tried before or you didn't like that maybe you'll try? Or you know, 
we always say we don't want our kids to play with food, but a lot of kids, especially younger ones, do need to explore. So maybe you can just smell it. Maybe you can touch it. Maybe you can lick it. Like, how can you explore that food? Which one food is you're going to explore? I'll explore the peas. Awesome. You have lunch. Cool. All done. You know, as opposed to just like putting that in front of this kid who's a, like a little bit more adverse to newer foods and just plopping it in front of them and being like, that's lunch. And they're just like, mm -mm. nope, <laughs> no. not doing that. <laughs> uh -uh. Push it to the side. You've had time before to talk about it. And also really kind of mirror how they're feeling. Oh, I see that this is a different meal. Like, oh, I see that sometimes you don't really like that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about it. What don't you like about it? Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay. You know, and it just gives, it takes, a, takes away the power that food has. It takes away the power that the, the parent or the caregiver or the feeder has. And you have this open-ended conversation. What do you like? And so at home, if you have the energy to have a visual menu, great. If you want to start doing vegetables at night, maybe even have pictures of vegetables. And the trick is you want them to eat one of them because these were your choices. But now we've tricked them into thinking that they're making the choice. You're like, do you want cauliflower or broccoli? Hmm, I really want broccoli. Awesome. And then when the broccoli is in front of them and they're like, I don't like it. Remember, you made this choice. Like, what don't you like about broccoli? Like, talk to me about it. You know, oh, I don't like it when blah, blah, blah. Okay, is there another way we can make broccoli? You know, would you like to try and roast the broccoli? Do you like it in smaller pieces? Like, what don't you like about the broccoli? Instead of just saying, I don't like broccoli. What don't you like it? Do you want to try some salt on it? Do you like, whatever, do you want to cut the stem off? Like anything, just having these bigger conversations rather than I like it, I don't like it. What don't you like about it? What can you try? Did you like that? What didn't you like about it? Those are all these like bigger questions. And then it's talking about the food. So no, you're not going to do shock therapy when you're just like, I got this kid who's not eating and this is their buttered bagel for dinner, you then put it on a plate with other things. And those other things live on the plate. You don't have to eat them, but they live on the plate. And it's annoying. And it feels like food waste. Totally get it. You don't have to have like a huge piled up thing. You can have one thing of broccoli, you can have one thing, and it lives on there. And then maybe you're asking them to explore it. Like, can you touch the broccoli? <laughs> Can you lick the broccoli? Oh, that wasn't that bad. Oh, what did you like? Did you taste the salt on it? Did you, whatever. And it just kind of like in, like it just brings it a little slowly into their lives in a way that they're comfortable with because you've talked about it. You've given them some power in it, maybe by making a choice. You know, like, okay, these are the things we're eating this week. Which one do you want to have tonight? You know, do you want pasta tonight? Like, is it pasta or rice and beans tonight? Which one? Is it pasta or chicken? Having ha some sort of 
letting them have some power, even if it's like you've made the choice. You're like, these are the two things I'm willing to make tonight, but I'm going to let you make the choice. Often, you know, it's helpful. Yeah, I like how you kept saying if you have the energy to do it, because I, I feel like I go in waves where I'm like super consistent with having a new food on the plate every night. And then like the past two weeks, I'm like, just eat, eat whatever. Like I do not have the energy to put into this. It's hard. And so when I have, if I have like a, you know, a client that I'm working with around helping their kids and their families eat more, I do always ask like, what do you have the energy for? Because again, it's not about being perfect, about being consistent. And if right now during a COVID surge where you're doing this, 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 and this, if that is something that we don't have energy for, then don't even start it. Wait until you do, plan ahead, think about it. Make sure maybe if your kids are a little bit older, you have a conversation, you talk to your partner or anybody else that's like caregiving, if it's a family member, whatever, that you're kind of all on the same page. But this back and forth only leaves your kids to know that now they can like manipulate you, right? Because like, oh, mom said we're going to eat all these veggies. And then like I threw it on the floor and she just like poured her wine and (laughs) threw me a quesadilla. (laughs) All I have to do is toss this on the floor. And so if it's not the right time, that's fine. Like again, like one of my, this is nothing to do with food. One of my least favorite parenting things was potty training. If I could have pawned something off on anybody else, it would have been potty training. And all these younger kids were like peeing in the potty and my kid was in a diaper. And I was like having the parent like, oh, it's so awful. And I was just like, fuck, I do not like potty training. <laughs> so I had like a moment, like a come, a, a a come to Jesus moment where I was just like, they're not going to be shitting their pants in college. True. Yeah. If they're four, fine. Like I didn't have the space. I did not have the space. I saw these moms in the city pushing around their strollers with that potty with the plastic in it. And I was like, I oh am not God. carrying around a bag of pee and shit in the bottom of my stroller. <laughs> I don't care. I am not doing laundry 300 times. Like wear your damn pull up your three. I don't care where, you know, it was just nothing I had this space well, for. That's such a good comparison because you can't make a kid potty train. You cannot, they will not do it mm-hmm. until they're ready. And so I think, you know, you cannot make a kid eat something until they're ready. You can't, but like, that's when the consistent, like, so then right. the same thing with potty training, you can't do it until you as the parents have the emotional space, the energy, whatever to be like, okay, balls to the wall. We're naked in the house. I'm going to do this. Like, it's like, I finally, and for me, it was usually when I just had it, you know, like I had my own breaking point, right. Of like, we got a potty train. And sometimes like for parents, like they're just finally like, oh, I am just so burnt out on making a thousand different meals. I am so burnt out on not being able to have a nice family meal. I'm so burnt out on like all these things. It's taking so much more time out of my day. It's like, okay, time for a change. And until you're really ready, like you don't want to have a day of force feeding, like 
you know, Brussels sprouts. And then the next day it's all off. So until you feel like you can be a little bit more consistent, your kids will catch on. Kids, even if you think that they're so stubborn, they're really not. They're going to go with it. They're going to figure it out. So back to my pickiest, pickiest. She, we did that thing with school and then for dinner, like she would just look at everything. Like every, the, the common thing was that is yucky for me. I don't like it. It's yucky for me. Like, all right, awesome. To this day though, she doesn't eat fruit. She doesn't like fruit. She doesn't like sweet things. I'm like, oh, all right. But now she requests, you know, roasted vegetables and tofu for dinner because I was consistent and I was just like, I could say this because they're my kids. I'd be like, do you think I would give you something that was disgusting? Do you think I'm trying to poison you? Like, I'm not going to give you <laughs> something that's disgusting. Like have a little faith here, girlfriend, like a You're little right. faith. I say just that all the little. time. I'm like, I'm actually a really good cook, you guys. And I think if you would just try this, you would see that. You would appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, just come on. And this is where, so having, and it's, again, it's hard. It is something that when my kids were little, I did, no matter what I, no matter what the day was, I did make sure we all sat down for dinner together. And then we all had the same dinner. However, one trick is I would, we had like a couple like lazy Susans on the table and I would have everything separate. And everything went in a bowl. We're bowl families. We like a bowl. And so it would be maybe like taco night. And so you can either have it in like your, you know, your soft tortilla. You can make a burrito out of it or you can have it in a bowl. And everything was separate. The rice was separate. The beans were separate. The guac was separate. The cheese was separate. Like everything. And then magically they would make these huge bowls or like have three tacos because they had control. You know, and it maybe one night it was just, I just want rice and cheese. Awesome. And then the next night it was something else. That helped a lot as a parent because then I can also make whatever I wanted. So having things separate, we're a big separate family could also family be a style, good. Though. I like that. Idea. It is. And like everything they can kind of, we still kind of do it. Like I'll just leave everything on the stove and I'm like dinner time, you know, whether it's like roasted vegetables, like farro, and then pick whatever veggies you want. Like one of my kids doesn't like cauliflower. Awesome. You don't have to eat cauliflower. You'll have three, three other veggies. Do you want sauce? No, I don't want sauce. Awesome. Do whatever you want. Um, is the thing, but going back to, I think it's just parents need to have the time, energy, emotions to do it. And then your kids, I promise they will switch up <laughs> with consistency. Well, and I think you can start small. Like I'm thinking we'll go to half of a peanut butter and jelly and whatever we are eating lives on your plate. Like I have mm -hmm. just enough energy for that. <laughs> Perfect. And see how it goes. You know, and also see maybe if you're, if somebody is not quite ready for that, then try and be more consistent with snacks and not having grazers. We've all, like, I had that too when my kids were little. Like, it's so easy to fall into the grazing pattern, especially when you have more than one kid, because they're not going to have snack at the same time. But when you start to see if, like, that's 
where you can make one shift a day is having snack at the same time, not giving them anything within a half hour of a meal. Because what you kind of also want to do, you want to starve them a little in a very kind way, <laughs> you know? So you don't want them to have like a cheese stick and then dinner is in 10 minutes because kids don't understand like us adults that, okay, I'm not starving now, but this is my dinner. And so I don't want to be starving at 3 a.m. Kids right now are like, oh, I'm not hungry. So I'm not going to eat that. Not being able to. It's like adults, like we know if we're getting in a long car ride, we're going to check for pee. We're going to try. Kids, you're just like, check for, there's always pee in your body. I can guarantee you, if you sit down, their pee will come out. And they're just like, oh, no, sure, I don't have out. to pee. Just push, yeah. <laughs> and then like 20 minutes down the road, they're like, I got to pee. You're like, yeah, we tried this. We know. So, yeah, so it's like, one thing you're, you can do right now is do the half a peanut butter. If one thing you can do right now is be like, okay, we're just doing a snack and this is snack time and that's it. And again, it's not a meal. Um, it's snack. And then see how, if they're hungry, if they're a little bit more hungry for a meal, say dinner, you'll probably have a lot more uh, success put them actually eating because they're going to sit down and be hungry and then you can be like oh yeah try that you know we definitely need a designated snack time in our house because just before we came on I was in the kitchen looking in the fridge in the pantry trying to do my grocery order and our pantry door is a little bit squeaky and as soon as I open it my daughter came over she's like can I have a snack I'm like, is this like a Pavlov's dog situation? Like you just heard the squeak and you just came over. What is happening? <laughs> totally. It's like a dog when they, they hear like the treat bag yes. and they're just like, oh, treat, 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 yeah. treat, yeah. treat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we had a guinea pig years and years and years ago. And if the door, the refrigerator door opened, she would start squeaking. And you're just like, <laughs> Jesus, like you'd have to like. Like I would get like nervous to open the refrigerator door because like the guinea pig would go squeak, squeak, squeak. And you're just like, oh geez, I just have to get out some milk. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. So let's talk about snacks. What are some of your favorites? Um, so for a snack, you want it to again be a snack. It is not a meal. Um some it depending on what your kids want to eat. Let's try and avoid just crackers. You know, it's easy. Doesn't really make a mess or the mess that you can vacuum up. But it's really, it's super processed. It is not going to keep you hunger or full. It's just going to, it's just kind of there. Crackers are great. Like I love a cracker, but like as a whole snack, no. So think about like having a protein, um, whether it's like, some slices of cheese, or if your family eats meat, having some pieces of chicken, um, maybe throw in a couple veggies, like who knows, throw it on there. Again, you can make like a little, a little snack tray, you know, Um, peanut butter and like peanut butter and crackers or peanut butter and apples is a really good one. Um, Edamame in the shell because it's fun. And it has like a little, you can put a little salt on there. Super easy. Some yogurt and berries is good. Even just cereal. Or, you know, you have some leftovers from dinner that they liked the night before. 
do a tiny bowl of it, heat it up in the microwave. Um, really anything that is not super processed and that your kids will eat. Like a snack should be fun. It's not a time that you're going to, like, it's not a, it's usually, a snack is usually when they're a little bit more solo, right? And so you're not going to be there to help encourage a meal. So it's not the time that you're just going to, like, that you're trying to get them to eat, you know, a piece of, like, Brussels sprouts. Like, that's really, a snack is fun. Um, Yeah, anything that's going to kind of keep them full, yogurt crackers and cheese, you know? Um, and if you're trying to get your kids to like, you know, so say your kid only wants to eat a bagel with butter for dinner, see what it's like to do that first snack and say, you know what, today we're switching it up. We're not doing, you know, a bagel with butter for dinner. We're going to do it for snack, you know, even just like a half peanut butter sandwich like how about we do that for snack today instead of dinner you know so they're still getting that you know they're gonna get they're gonna get some food um snacks are hard you know people want them to be really big and fun and exciting and you know you can piece of cheese some apples one thing I've started doing because my son is totally like he wants a cup of goldfish and then he'll be back in 10 minutes and he wants some pretzels and you know, like he wants all the carby snacks and because that's all he eats. And so what I've started doing, we've started talking more about how like, did you notice that you just came, you just had that and you're hungry again. And you like rewind your brain. <laughs> we had this conversation. Like, can you tell me what we talked about? Oh yeah. This is all I'm getting. Yeah. Okay. Like, but, but it's hard. Like, we all remember. It's hard when you're the only one home and you're the cruise director and like the thing to distract them also has to come from you. And you're also trying to get work done and yeah, Mm -hmm. it's hard. Yep. It is hard. Yep. And you know, since now at 17, since my old, my youngest was two, I've been a single parent and basically a solo parent, like not really much help all on me. Um, So yeah, I know. It's just like locking yourself in the bathroom <laughs> to be like, yeah, mama needs a minute. Um, but because I needed control, I really set up these boundaries for them because I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> so it's like, this is snacks. That's it. No, I mean, my kids, that is one thing. They will devour any kind of fruit. They're like locusts when it comes to fruit in our house. We cannot keep enough. You're like little fruit bats. Mm-hmm. would that work like if he came back for like more gold like for more pretzels if you were like the pretzel shop is closed there is an orange shop on the table yeah but I've also and I tried to put I always try and push the fruit first over you know like the goldfish or whatever but it seems like you know I mean fruit is still a simple carb and that just blows through them too and they're just mm-hmm. like okay next <laughs> what else you got I find very quickly that I can run through all of the things they eat in a day and then that's when I get stuck you know like by the time I've made their lunch and then they come home for more snacks like you've already eaten all of like the things the tools in the toolkit like I have nothing left you're like I am I'm all gone it's all gone (laughs) you've eaten everything we have (laughs) you're like stop eating stop growing (laughs) 
yeah, it, it gets, it gets hard. Um, again, seeing if you can make a schedule, like thinking about again, what can I do today that will get me to a place I want to be? So like maybe even think or write it down, like, how do I want my family what is our family values around food? So is it going to be, we all want to eat the same thing at dinner, like a, like a version of it and slowly get there. Things aren't going to happen overnight and have like a goal at the end of the, at the end and then start small and then keep increasing it. But the thing is, once you start it to really be consistent with it. And so only start something that, you know, you can be a hundred percent consistent with you know, or 90% consistent with like, we're parents, like we can't do a hundred percent. So something you can 90%. So if that's like no grazing, maybe that's something you can do today. We're not going to be grazers. You know, we're going to be scheduled snackers. We're going to sit at the table for a snack. That's something you can do. If the one thing you can do today, starting today is like putting their peanut butter sandwich with other things that you're having. Awesome. Great. Um, one thing I did when my kids were young was they would get home from school and, um, we always have these rules that I don't know where they came from, you know, like that we have sweet things for breakfast. Why can't you have pizza for breakfast? Like who said we have like, you know, a blueberry muffin for breakfast. Like, and now that's the rule. My kids would come home from school. They would be starving. And I'd be like, oh, this is a great time to like throw some questionable foods at them. And so I would sometimes make food the night before and it would be simple, but they would have lunch at, or dinner at four o'clock, you know, and just be like, who's hurting? Nobody's hurting. Like who's, what police is going to come to my door and be like, <laughs> knock, knock, knock. You're having dinner at four. And so we just flipped it because we, they would get home, they'd be starving. I'd get them snacks and it would, it would be like the carby snacks. It would be like all these things. And then I would cook this dinner, a lovely dinner and everybody was not hungry. And I would start with the parent thing of like, I spent all this time and all this money. And you're just like, as the words are coming out of your mouth, you are hating yourself for having these words come out of your mouth. And you're just like, who the hell is saying all that shit? Oh, that's me. <laughs> and so like, oh, I didn't, I said I wasn't going to be that parent. And then, so we started to do dinner at four, four thirty, and they would eat everything. And, you know, a lot of times it would just be really simple things. It would be rice and beans. It would be some leftovers. I would make a really quick and fast stir fry, which would be like leftover rice throw that in. You throw some frozen veggies in. If you have pre-cooked chicken or tofu or whatever, you throw that in and you toss it up and then there you go. <laughs> and it's like, they're getting like veggies. They're getting their like more complex carb than just like a processed cracker. They're having their rice and they're having some protein and they're also getting more like complex flavors rather than just a cracker. And they would eat it all because they were hungry and I had a captive audience, like they were starving and they just needed a solid meal. And I think we forget that kids like a full meal. Like, you know, when you're on vacation and, 
or even a Saturday. Sometimes for me, I get up, I have a coffee. I like run here. I come back and I have like a piece of toast and then, blah, blah, you know, you're running around and then you're like, oh, it's like four. Why am I feeling so crappy? I'm a little like headachey. I'm like a little this. I'm feeling a little grumpy. And you're like, oh, I haven't had a full, solid, nutritionally, like solid meal today. I haven't had something that's like, as like, prior generations would say, stick to your ribs, like nothing that filled us up. You know, like when you have a really good, hearty, yummy meal, you just can sit back and you're like, oh yeah, I'm not having an energy spike from like too much carby sugar. I'm just feeling good. And we forget that kids also really like that full, satisfied, I've had a healthy, good meal feeling. And so we would do that after school. And then when it would be six or seven and it was dinner time, we would do more of a snack. Maybe it would be a salad. Maybe it would just be a cheese plate. And it worked for many years because then like they just were able to eat, you know? And when I gave them just snacks when they got home, they weren't hungry for the big meal. Um, So think about your schedule too, and what you can, you know, kind of flip around to make work. Um, And also, I never worried about what they ate at lunch when they went to school. I was just like, yeah, they didn't want school lunch. I packed it. I was like, yeah, you have like literally two seconds to eat. When you told me this, this has like completely changed the way I pack lunches because I was spending so much time in the morning trying to figure out what's going to, what's going to fill them up, what's going to stick to their ribs. And it's when you pointed that out. And I, I mean, we know this, we know they don't have much time to talk and I, I see how much they talk during dinner here. So I know they're not, I know they're busy talking to their friends, but it it's made such a difference and lunch boxes are coming back empty and it just, it works. It does. Like, so many, again, it's like the Instagram moms who are like, love them, but like who are doing these like lovely bento boxes with like the fruit and then the blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, do you really think they, what school is your kid going to? Because for hell, it is not a public school where they all get but like pushed into, you know, the cafeteria and then they can't open stuff. Their friends talking, something still like it's chaos. It's like, sensory overload of just it's so loud and then we're expecting them to have like this like huge meal no 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 like give them something again it's not a time to try and like change their ways give them something they they know they're gonna eat like if it get the calories in just get the calories in. Like, you're also not going to give them just like a roll of Oreos, but you know, just like a couple things, you know, like sometimes for us when they were young, it would literally be like a Z bar, like those Luna kid bars and, you know, like a frozen gogurt that was now like, you know, like thawed, you know, like the, you know, like the organic ones. And I was just like, yep, that's what you're having. And it would come back empty. You know, and then those days I tried to be such a good mom and like slice the orange and then had some carrot sticks and this like a lovely sandwich. It would all be like just still there. 
And then you open the lunchbox. And again, you're having this like battle you shouldn't with then being like, why didn't you eat your lunch? Blah, 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 blah. Who cares if they ate your lunch, their lunch? You know, like that's on them. You can talk to them about, is there something we can put in your lunch that's going to be easier? Tell me about lunchtime. What's going on during lunchtime? Is it hard to open things? Is it really loud? Do you want to talk to your friends? I just want to make sure that you have something in your body. What would that be? You know, like make it simple. Yeah. I can't wait to send this episode to my husband. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't eat his lunch again. I'm like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. (laughs) He was busy. Then don't put so much in. Like if you're having like, you know, because then again, it all comes back to us. Like you're opening it up and you're just like, I spent so much time and money. And like, now it's just like, nothing can be saved. Like blah, blah, blah. Also some kids, like they're not going to. So I also made sure there was like stuff in there that they can have after school. Mm-hmm. You know, like my kids would go to an after school program. So if they were still hungry and there was like, like we'd make muffins, but I'd put like protein powder in it. Like if you put vanilla, pro- like a scoop of vanilla protein powder in a muffin mix, they don't know. And at least it's like a little, like a little more, you know, and I'd make it a little less sugary and they could have it later, you know? And if you throw like four chocolate chips into anything, slam dunk, you can have like the healthiest flax muffin and you pour seriously four chocolate chips in there and it's just like gold, struck gold. We've started doing like whatever your whatever's left over in your lunchbox is what you eat right when you come home and that's Mm -hmm. that's been fine because I've thought through that snack already and it we've actually lunch has been kind of a nightmare in our house because now that the free the school lunches are free my kids want that and they because they see everybody else getting it and they think it's cool and I just decided I'm not fighting that battle I think the food's garbage I don't want you eating it but you're if you're gonna get it whatever you can decide for yourself that it's garbage. (laughs) So, but we've also noticed with my oldest that there's a huge crash at the end of the day. I was picking her up in tears. And so we kind of talked like, do you think it's because you're eating the crappy food at school that's not filling you up? And so I think pointing that out to the kids too. I know you Mm -hmm. mentioned this earlier about how adults feel this way, (laughs) but I never realized how hangry I got until I was an adult. I, and I've done it my whole life because nobody pointed it out to me that, so we've started like, you know, I'm going to send you with a lunch. And if you choose to get the hot lunch that day, that's fine. And, but you also have this because you probably are going to need more. And if you don't eat it, then you can finish it after school. And it's nice because we're not running in the door and I'm, they're instantly like, I need food. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. finish your lunchbox and I can supplement. <laughs> like it buys me some time to get something else. Exactly. And I think really, having those conversations like you had and teaching our kids and ourselves how food affects us. You know, I think that could be one of the bigger gifts you can give your kids is having that conversation. Oh, what did you eat? Yeah. And not being like, oh, that was a bad choice. Just like, yeah, that's what you had, or that's what you didn't have, you know, and that was the choice you make. Totally fine. Like totally fine. You had school lunch. It's not going to kill you. Like, I know I can supplement with good, like different, more healthy food. Um, And then just be like, how does that feel when you, you know, eat that? Oh, I see. You know, or you can even make that, you know, 
observation. I've noticed when you come home after having school lunch that you are more hungry or like you're a little bit more tired or you have like a lot more emotions. Your emotions are a lot bigger. You're possessed by a demon. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to lock you away and throw holy water at you. (laughs) You know, so they can make, start making those choices. Like again, my youngest, the pickiest. Um, I knew I finally like won the battle when it was maybe 10 or 11 and she was like with a friend and they went, you know, and like had food at a food court and she came home and I was asking her what she had and she was like, oh, it was good. She's like, but I really need a salad. It just was like, you know, I, I just really like need, I need something green. And I was like, gorgeous. Like <laughs> now, you know, like you can eat that food, you know, but you know that what you need, what your body needs to feel good. And that's the balance we all strive for, right? Like I can go out and have a really delicious meal. And then the next morning I woke, wake up with like a food hangover and I'm like, okay, I really enjoyed that. I'm not going to like be mad at myself. I'm not going to shame myself. That was delicious. But now I'm not going to start my morning off with like my three cups of coffee. Maybe I'll have a smoothie. I'll drink more water. I'm going to do a little bit better today. I'll, you know, like I'm going to give my body the food it needs and kids need that. So right on for having that conversation, you know, well, it, it took us a whole school year to get here and put piece it all together, but we finally did. <laughs> yeah. But like, that is such a valuable gift and it's a gift that you can keep going back to and use it for other things, you know, like, oh, I'm seeing that you're having a really hard time this week sleeping, or I'm seeing that you're having a hard time waking up. What do you think it is? You know, and like using that exploratory, you know, language, what do you think it is? Like, do you think maybe you can, you know, do you think, what did you eat? What did you not eat? You know, like anything, anything about our kids instead of accusing, which we love to do asking open-ended questions and then making an observation without telling them how they feel. Oh, I see. Instead of saying, you're really having a hard time when you get home. Say, I see that you're, you know, like you're really emotional or you're having a hard time, you know, sitting still or I'm seeing, you know, X, Y, Z. I'm noticing this about you. Do you feel like that's actually happening? How does that feel? And a lot of times they'll be like, yeah, I had a really hard time today. My head hurt or whatever. And then they're more open to talking about everything, especially around food. I've noticed that these things keep coming back in your lunchbox. You're kind of giving it telling me, you know, you're giving me the signals that you don't like that, or maybe that's too hard to open or something instead of what we usually do, which is you're not eating this. Why aren't you eating this? They're just going to be like, I don't know. I've noticed, it's like the biggest parenting tip. I always say, I've noticed, I've noticed, noticed this about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you are fully plant-based and that's something that we have mentioned wanting to do more of. What are some of your best go-to plant-based dinners, especially for people who are just just dabbling in the plant-based world? A little dabble. So um, (laughs) being plant-based, 
I like to distinguish that I am plant-based because there's occasional times where a little dairy will come into my life. And usually people who are plant-based strive to really just eat whole plant-based foods. So, you know, no dairy, no eggs, no meat, um, as opposed to vegan who are really like eliminate all of that. And they also eliminate that in like their food and their beauty products and all that stuff. So that said, um, a really good thing to start with your family is, and it's like such a California thing, rice and beans, rice and beans, a grain and a bean, um, super easy, super easy things that you don't, it's like something you don't even think that you eat and you're just like, oh yeah, that's plant-based, right? I would say so many things that we eat in our lives are plant-based that we don't think are because they've never been said like this is plant-based. So, you know, um, another good trick that I really like to do is um, pasta with tomato sauce, but make lentils, like just brown lentils, only like maybe a half a cup, doesn't have to be a ton, steam some sweet potato, and then puree it all together with a tomato sauce. It can just be a jarred tomato sauce. And they don't really taste it. Um, it kind of makes it a little thicker, so it sticks to the pasta sauce really well. But you're getting some protein. You're getting some other like good veggies. You're getting lots of more vitamins because of the um, sweet potato. I also really like to add a little coconut milk, like the canned coconut milk, because it makes it a little sweet and it makes it a little creamy. It's a really, and you can even, you can do starch tomato sauce, or you can just do like a can of, um, you know, like crushed tomatoes. Just do that, you know, some cooked lentils, a cooked sweet potato, a little bit of coconut milk. And then my favorite kitchen utensil or cool is an immersion blender. So mm-hmm. 20 bucks. People forget what a genius invention these are. And, you know, then you just like blend that all together and you make it a puree and then that's what it is. And if your kid is really used to having a jarred tomato sauce, don't switch all of a sudden because they're going to be like, what the hell? You're switching (laughs) this up on me. Add it slowly. So like, if you're like, okay, we're going to get to having a lot more lentils or whatever pureed in it, add a little bit. And then a little bit more. And then next time a little bit more. And so we don't want to like, again, shock therapy them, but just like a little bit, a little bit. And then they start getting used to it. And then you can add a little bit more. And they're like, oh, that's that's good. Yeah, but sweet potato, you can blend sweet potatoes, like steamed sweet potatoes into almost anything, into mac and cheese, just a little bit. Really good. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it a little thicker. It adds all the yummy things that a sweet potato has, but also a lot of times, especially in mac and cheese or something that are putting a lot more dairy in, it's going to mean that you'd have to put a little less of the dairy in. So you're kind of thinking about swapping it out. So it's, you know, um, but so that's another good, you know, for people switching to a little, you know, like maybe one plant-based meal a week. It doesn't just have to be like raw veggies, um, stir fry, again. And like one of my eat, like when the like we still do it all the time, and it's just some rice, 
you know, literally my other, I got sucked into an Instagram ad and I have the, um, the, uh, always pan, mm. you know, like the love it. Mm. And I never thought I would like, cause I'm like, I cook in cast iron. I'm a cast iron girl, like <laughs> cast iron all the way. And I was like, this nonstick, big thing. Love it. Perfect for like fried rice. And again, frozen veggies throw some frozen veggies in there you know some like smaller cube tofu that you've like like roasted in the oven just to get it a little bit crispy some frozen veggies you know some garlic some ginger some soy sauce stir it all up it's delicious you know and if you have a kid that like that might be like "Eh, too much make a little rice on the side like or just keep some of the rice out and then put both on the plate like they're both there you know, and if they finish their rice and then they're still hungry, be like, well, you can have that. It's like the same thing, you know, um, other easy plant-based things. We are a big curry family. Um, one of my easiest and most delicious pretend curries and like, cause like they're all not very authentic <laughs> pretend curry <laughs> is a chickpea curry and literally just you know, saute an onion and some garlic, add, you know, like maybe a cup of broth and a can of coconut milk, like full fat coconut milk and some curry powder, turmeric and cumin, blend it all up in a can or two of chickpeas and boom, that's it. And like make some rice on the side and it's sweet and it's delicious and you can roast veggies if you want. Totally plant-based, easy. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it doesn't scream good. plant-based, you know? Yeah. And I think people get like a little bit turned off by like the word plant-based. It's just like, I like to say it's food that happens to be just all vegetables. I would eat that. See, I am an adult who's still learning about food (laughs) because I never ate that kind of stuff growing up. Like the only Mm -hmm. vegetable we ever had was corn. So I'm still, I'm still learning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If I had you, if I could like, you know, cook for you for a week, I would, I would Oh, I'm get sure. To eating that stuff. Well, see, is there come is, move like, in with you. Is that okay? Yes, please come, come on over. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Amy's going to adopt me and just be my mom. So, uh-huh. <laughs> me too. <please. laughs> I, uh-huh. I just, I'll just come cook for you. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that are really easy to do that doesn't have to scream. When I'm Plant afraid based. to cook them because I don't really know about, like, I've never had it. So I don't know if I'm doing it right. And I don't really know how to cook it. So it's like, it's it, like, I'm I'm interested. I just don't know where to start. And I'm not going to go to like an Indian restaurant and start there because that's going to be too much for me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's funny because I have been vegetarian for 30 years, 30 years. So it's just been my life. Like it doesn't even, it wouldn't even occur to me if I was thinking, about cooking something that it would be me. And I've had some people um, hire me to do some cooking. And I'm just like, I'm not cooking meat. I can't, like, I don't know what it tastes like. I'm like the opposite of most <laughs> Americans, right? Like, I'm like, well, I'm not gonna taste it to know what it tastes like. Right. I don't know what it tastes like. I don't know what the, you know, like the spices are and how to cook it. I always overcook meat because I'm like paranoid that right. like it's gonna be undercooked and somebody's gonna, salmonella you know and so I just don't know how to cook it but then you know food without meat I'm just like oh yeah just like throw things in a pot 
my goal in life, and I shouldn't say this out loud because somebody might steal my idea, but my goal is to, I'm joking, to uh, make a cookbook and it's called just throw shit in a pot <laughs> because like that's how I cook. I would just throw that. some, sh- I would throw totally some shit in that. a pot. Like <laughs> people make cooking so much more challenging than it needs to be. Just throw some shit in a pot, taste it. We know what we like. And then just like have a few staple spices. Like our staple spices are garlic powder, cumin, curry powder. I'm to think of other things, cinnamon. Like I think I use cumin in everything. Cumin is for everything. Mexican food, Italian food, Indian food, every food, cumin. Um, yeah, and just throw shit in a pot. Oh, what do I have? Throw that in a pot. Throw it around, add some spices, a little salt. You're good. Put it over a grain or a pasta. Is that? We should have you guest post with some plant-based recipes or something. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have so many. (laughs) And the the school that I cook at, it's vegetarian. And I would say 90% of the time it's plant-based. And nobody even knows. Nobody knows. Because I don't say that it is. You know, it'll be like one of the kids' favorite meals. Shocking. And this is how this is how I've trained all of these. And they're all preschoolers. I've trained them is their favorite thing is quinoa bowls. So it's quinoa with roasted vegetables, tofu, and a mustard sauce. And if I switch up the sauce, the kids are like, why didn't we have the mustard sauce? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like a Dijon garlicky mustard sauce. I only like it with the mustard sauce. And like they're eating all these vegetables and they're like quinoa. And then one time I had to switch it out because I didn't have quinoa. So I put farro in it. How dare and you. so now there's like a handful of kids who are like, when are we going to have the farro again? Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, it like explodes my little heart because I get these kids to request farro. And oh. I feel like my life is complete. Oh. oh my goodness. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, this was so awesome. Thank you so much for being oh, thank here. Thank you. You're the best. Um, could you let our audience know where they can find you? Oh, yes. Um, on Instagram, it's uh, wellfamilysf. And then my website is wellfamilysf.com. And you can find me. There's a ton of plant-based recipes on my Instagram. So you can go there. And some kids stuff, too. Do you want to talk about um, the retreat you guys have too? Or do you oh, want to keep yeah. that separate? No. So we met, I met you guys at a lovely retreat and it was heaven. And uh, with one of my long, like oldest friends, Monica, we um, are doing a retreat and we've done one other one, another one of our friends, Robin, who's equally amazing and a lovely yoga person. Um, these lovely retreats, and Joshua Tree, which is just the most magical place on the planet. Um, and we are doing one in March. It is sold out, but we're going to do one next October and hopefully maybe one in the Bay Area in the summer. And so four days of um, moms, mainly moms, it's all women. Last time it was all moms with one mom to be, which was also just wonderful that, you know, was with all us moms. Um, lots of yoga, lots of hiking. I cook all the plant-based meals. 
Um, yeah, some, you know, we do some journaling and some meditation and some manifesting. And it's just a wonderful way to have um, a nice getaway. A lot of people come by themselves, which is scary, but wonderful, right? We all need that time away as much as we love our friends and our people. Sometimes it's nice to have a little bit of a moment where we can just kind of have nobody that knows us is also really lovely. Um, yeah, just a few days of getting back to yourself and having, especially as a parent, which we can never do, which is selfishly be all about us. When do we want to wake up? What do I want to eat? Do I want to go to yoga? No, I want to read a book in the hammock. You know, all these things that we're told are selfish instead are just something we just need you know, make our own choices. And it's wonderful. And we had such a great time last time that we're doing, you know, we're going to be doing um, two or two or three or four, maybe times a year. Um, yeah, it's something I've been wanting to do. And I have such a great team of wonderful friends and the three of us just, we just, it's magic. You know, it I, I hate like it. Yeah. And I hate saying that like about your own thing, right? To be like, it's just <laughs> magical. You just sound so just like naughty and, you know, like we just, we just cure it. Something so wonderful and magical, but it really, really is lots of hugs, lots of just very open and honest people. And the three of us are, you know, very grounded down to earth, lots of joking, you know, I was really good on this whole time, but usually there's lots of, lots of bad language out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> lots Sounds of like it. that kind of place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we will definitely link to that in the show notes yes, because please. it does sound magical. Amy, thank you so much for coming on. You were just a delight and we love chatting with you. Yes. Thank you. If you like what you just heard, and we hope you do, you can find more of us online at www.okistmoms.com. We're also on all social media platforms, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at okistmomsblog. Or if you want to, you can send us an email at hey at okistmoms.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.